Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. I don't know about you, but I found that little clip with Bono and Eugene Peterson very interesting and enlightening. Uh, Just talking about the messiness of the Psalms and in light of our uh, uh, passages on lament, that's very apropos. Talking about the messiness of the Psalms and the importance of honesty in our Christian walk. And what was also intriguing for me was a little incident that happened last night that kind of ties in with this. We were sitting and the news came, came on and my son who was sitting there got up like he usually did when the news came on and kind of paced a bit and was going to leave the room. And then he said to me, mom, doesn't that make you angry? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, it's just so dishonest. Like they're talking about this petty little thing with the politician and that petty little thing. And they're bringing forward things that are tabloid and not important at all. I just can't watch the news. I get angry like this when I go to church. So I stopped for a minute. I said, could you explain that to me? And he said, yeah. He said, it makes me angry when I see people up front because I feel like they're not real. They're not talking about the struggles in their life. They're not being honest. And I guess that what's, that's what this lament series is about, getting honest with God. You know, I'm really thankful for the worship team. Uh, we've had to work through different songs to find ones that really express that side, that lament, that pain, and things we feel to, with God. And I'm grateful that they found some great songs. But I will have to say that if we just listen to the songs in our church today, They're mostly about God is triumphant. He will overcome. He is awesome. He's great. We're going to praise him. I love him so much. I want to worship him. I want to obey him. And if I were to look at the bulk of the songs that we sing today, that would probably be the theme. But that was not the theme of the songs of the Israelites. In fact, a full one-third of the book of Psalms, which is the songbook for the Israelites, one-third of them are songs of lament. And of those, one-third, many of those, I'm not sure the percentage, maybe 70%, are psalms of personal lament, of lamenting the deep pain in personal lives. The other uh, portion of those psalms are lamenting the collective pain of the Israelite people. So what I'm saying is that one side of the worship coin is really to give thanks to God, to praise him, to be exuberant. But the other side is a side of lament. And sadly, our church has forgot to sing that song. We forgot to sing the song of lament. And it's important to our worship. It's not only important to our worship, it's important to the community around us to see that there is pain and to see where we take that pain and how we deal with it. So this is really important. I was really grateful for 
Tom's sermon uh, last week. It was so good. It talked about the Psalms raging out. How long, O Lord? Loud and honest and uncomfortable. How it lingers on. We can't rush it. It just stays with us many times, those deep feelings of pain. How it reaches back and remembers past suffering, uh, past history with God. How it points toward God and strains forward to uh, a time when the world will be redeemed. And uh, I think the Psalms really help us do that. Listen to the type of song that they were singing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? Can you imagine us singing a song like that? Or what about, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O come, Lord, and make me well. In your kindness, save me. For if I die, I can't give you glory by praising you before my friends. I'm worn out with pain. Every night my pillow is wet with tears. My eyes are growing old and dim and with grief because of my enemies. Or Psalm 10, why, O Lord, do you stand aloof? Why do you hide in times of my distress? Psalm 38, my friends and my companions stand back because of my affliction. Psalm 71, cast me not off in my old age. Kind of sounds wrong, doesn't it, to sing those kind of songs? It sounds kind of wrong to talk to God that way. But lament is the other side of the worship coin. It's a song we all need to sing. In his book, Dark Clouds and Deep Mercy, Mark Vrogop says that the song of lament is sung in the space between brokenness and God's mercy. The transition between pain and promise. It's a song we need to sing. Why do we have to sing it? What's important about lament? Because we live in a broken world, its brokenness affects us. We suffer, we die, we get sick. We see others suffer and die and get sick. We see pain, we experience rebuke, uh, we experience abuse, we experience um, things that are unfair to us. We lose people that are close to us and we have broken marriages and we witness the pain of others. How do we live in that brokenness? When we don't sing the songs of lament, when we only sing the songs of praise, when we don't sing those songs in our personal pain, it leads to a whitewashed, smiley faith lacking in depth of passion. And sometimes as Christians, I don't know if you've seen some of these movies, my, my husband has rebuked me sometimes for watching some of these programs on zombies. But sometimes I think that as Christians, we can be like the walking dead. We're walking around, we're saying the right things, we're doing the right things, but our passion is gone. The songs of lament are the voice of passion. Without passion, we are like the living dead. And we are passionless, and we go through the motions of faith like robots. Lament is important because expressing our pain and questions to God is the evidence of a strong and healthy faith. Our faith is unhealthy when we've walked away from God, when we've given him the cold shoulder and we no longer bring our complaints, our doubts, and our issues to him anymore. Part of a healthy faith is bringing those questions forward, 
not ignoring them. Let's look at the example of Jesus. Have you ever wondered why he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me from the cross? Was that a lapse of faith on his part? Theologians have struggled with this, trying, and they're always trying to put together these little pieces of scripture that don't fit uh, the theology of who Jesus is. Or, and so they try and make an explanation. So one is, he was feeling separated from God because at that moment in time, all the sins of the world were on his shoulder. So there was a separation from God for the first time in his history he did not feel connected to God because he was bearing the sin of all mankind. Another explanation, he was just quoting Psalm 22 because he was the Messiah. Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm. And in fact, this is a quote of Psalm 22 or Psalm 44. And uh, so it points to him as the Messiah. But let's take a step back and think about Christ's journey to the cross. He had gone with his friends to Gethsemane where he poured out agony and, and grief about what, what was coming his way. He knew he was going to die. It said that he laid down, face down on the ground, that he sweated almost like great drops of tears as he prayed. Three times he went to his disciples and said, can't you sit and watch with me? I'm in torment. I'm, in, I'm praying now, and it's, it's really hard. Basically, is what he was saying. He's looking for support. And three times they were asleep when he went to see them. And then he was taken taken by a group of soldiers. He stood alone before Pilate. He stood alone before his accusers. He stood alone when he was beaten with lashes to the point almost of death. And then nailed to the cross, naked and nailed. He was in physical agony with people mocking him and saying, where is his God? He trusted God, let him come now. Not only was Christ in deep physical agony, He was in agony of the soul. And he cried out a song that he probably knew from the Psalter. A song of lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't a contrived effort to show that he was the Messiah. It was the cry of agony from his soul toward God. Raging out and pointing toward God. As I think I've said, there is an ungodly despair. It cries out, but not in God's direction. In fact, it doesn't even hope for an answer. It doesn't want to know. It has stopped asking, in fact. Ungodly despair is dead and lifeless. It long ago stopped talking to God. Jesus, in his agony, was pointing toward God. Let's talk a little bit about Job, too. In a matter of few hours, Job had news from messengers. First, it was news that his herds had been stolen, various herds, and his servants had been killed. And then he got news that there had been a great wind and the house had collapsed on all of his children and they were all dead. On top of that, he was stricken with a disease that brought up boils all over his body. Job was a man tortured and tormented in grief and in pain. But what did Job do? He called out to God in his pain and grief, sometimes accusing him of not being just, other times regretting his birth and wanting to die. Listen to what he said. 
I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free rein to my complaint and speak out of the bitterness of my soul. You've given me life and constant love, and your care has kept me alive. But now I know that all that time you were secretly planning to harm me. This is Job talking to God. You hunt me down like a lion. Your anger toward me grows and grows. You always plan some new attack. Wow. But Job was a man of faith, just like the psalmists and just like Jesus. He was a strong believer, but his personal pain and loss stretched his faith right to the limits. And he cried out. He believed in God, and that's why he struggled with him. He could not understand what was happening to him, and he cried that out. He raged outward, and he raged Godward. He didn't turn away from God in his questions. He turned towards God, not away. He lingered in his pain. He called out on God to act, not with platitudes, and he did not forsake God. He fought with him. In James 5.11, it mentions Job as an example of one who held up well under trial. Wow. Can we rage at God? Can we bring our deepest pain to him? Many times we don't. We take it and we eat. We go and we distract ourselves. There are so many ways to distract yourself these days. It's incredible. But do we take it to God? Do we have permission for us to lament, to talk freely and boldly to God? Ephesians 3.12 says, in talking about Jesus coming to uh, the, the gospel and Jesus, in Christ and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, the Greek word here for freedom, it means saying openly what's on our mind. So I don't know if you've ever watched movies where there's a soldier and he comes to his commanding officer and they talk for a while. And then finally the soldier stands up straight and said, permission to speak freely, sir. And it's a question. And to tell you the truth, because of what Christ has done and our bold and confident connection to him, we have permission to speak freely. Because access to the Father has been given to us by Jesus. We can come boldly, confidently, and speak freely. And then there's Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So how do we present our lament to God today? We have the example of the Psalms. We have the example of Job. We have the example of Jesus. How do we do it? In a book called Cry of the Soul, Tremper Longman and Dan Allender uh, talk about the need for us to bear our hurts and pains before God. And that until we do, until we, we give that cry, that deep cry of our soul, the pain that's in our heart, it's like the window to God's grace is not open to us. When we open that up, it's like the window is open and grace can pour in. So I want to give you some examples. 
you know, I'm not always one that goes to God with my grievances. I've had periods in my life where I've been like the walking dead. And I'm sure all of you can, can say the same thing where you have just not taken your, you're so broken that you just haven't taken it to God or you've lost hope or you're struggling with something so deep. You haven't been able to uh, take it to God anymore. I think in those instances, we need probably the help of someone else to help us regain some strength and perspective. I know that I've had two periods in my life where I've gone eight years like that walking dead person where I cried out to God for quite a while and finally I just gave up. So I think we all have those periods and usually those periods require the strength and boldness of another believer to come alongside. For me, that's what brought me out of that, that state. But I will talk about times, and I'm sure you all have them too, when we've made that cry of the soul, that honest cry to God. And um, I'll give you an example from uh, my life in Pakistan. Uh, Some of you know that Peter and I served in Pakistan for many years as missionaries, and it was a tough place to work for sure. But one of the toughest times was when we had some colleagues that went really bitterly against us, and they said some very cruel things. And I remember struggling with this, trying to continue work, working with them, but at the same time, forgive them. And I did all those things you're supposed to do, you know, like I wrote down my grievances and I burnt them on a piece of paper and I buried them. You know, I did that. I made sure I was really kind with them. I made sure we invited them over for meals. We did all that. And then one day I was sitting at home and there was this picture of our colleagues. I don't know if it was on the fridge or somewhere. And they were smiling. And suddenly I was furious. I was absolutely furious that they were smiling, like they didn't deserve to be happy or something. And I was all of a sudden shocked by that response. And I said, Lord, I really have not forgiven them. And then I got very disturbed in my spirit, like, I have to forgive them. Like, this is wrong. I can't hold this against them, but I don't know how. So as I muddled this through, I decided I'm going to do business with God on this thing of forgiving them. And I decided I really need to uh, talk to God about it. So I went, I found a very quiet place. And I laid out on the couch that was there in that room. And I started to cry out my pain. And I mean, this cry went on for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't even remember. But it was, it was a recounting of all the terrible things they'd said, all the things they'd done, how that cost me, what it meant to me, how it affected me. And it went on and on until finally I just had nothing more to say. And it was all out there and I was angry as anything. And then I was just quiet. It was like a silence came over me. And I could sense God's presence in a way. Like he was touching something in me. And then a strange thing's happened. And here's the funny thing. We bear our soul to God and he'll bring grace. Sometimes it comes in so many different forms because he's so creative. In this instance, He took the memory of the whole thing away from me for about six months. In fact, I remember at that point of this real peace after that prayer, thinking, I don't remember why I came in here. I know I did business with God, but I don't know what it's about. And for six months, I really didn't remember. And I didn't have that heaviness of forgiveness. Now, after six months, I remembered again what had happened. And I just, I thank God because he'd given me the grace I needed during that period of time. It doesn't always happen that way. There are other times where you just struggle through. I remember uh, Peter and I 
during that period, we had three years of really intense, really intense trial on every side. We had problems with colleagues. We had problems from in the churches. Every church on every one of our bases in Pakistan started to split. We had threats from, from employees, threats of exposing our work, death threats. We had everything going on. It was just an intense time. In fact, Peter and I, uh, though the mission wanted us to, us to stick it through for quite a period of time until things were resolved, they recognized we were burnt out and needed to come home, and we did have to come home once things were resolved, and we were burnt out. But during that time, I knew I wasn't functioning well. And so I was having such a hard time keeping my thoughts on track, remembering things, getting work done, paying attention to our kids who were small at the time. And I went into that same room every day. In fact, I had to do this two hours a day to keep myself sane. It sounds funny. But I went in and I would just cry out to God all the things that were were happening. And he would bring this incredible peace during that time. I won't say that peace lasted the whole day through, but it got me through to the next day and the next day and the full two or three years where we struggled like this. His grace always looks different, and sometimes lingering long is really hard. But taking our pain Godward is so important. So I wanted to recommend that you do something today. Last week, Tom asked us, to write a list of things that we should lament about. And I'm going to just ask you to focus that list a little bit. I want you to focus on your your griefs, your doubts, the things that are really bothering you, things that are on your mind. And maybe they've come to mind even as you've heard, uh, heard me talking today. I want you to pay attention and I want you to list them. I want you to take that list sometime later today, maybe, Go for a walk or go for a place where you can be alone. And I want you to cry that out and feel the pain of that. Cry it out to God. Now, if you feel that you're stuck in something, like I was stuck in things for too many, too long, maybe there's someone you need to go and talk to. Choose someone who understands that your grief and pain is not a show that you're a weak Christian but it's a show of, of real struggle and who can listen and who can bring a bold prayer for you. So why don't we plan to do that today and learn what it means in our own lives to lament. And then hopefully we'll learn to do that even more in a corporate way so that we as a community in the church become a life-giving community, not of the living dead, but of passionate believers that know about suffering, that talk about suffering, and that are able to come to God with our suffering. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.